I'm starting a new business. What's the best way to set it up? Should I set it up as an S-Corp or an LLC electing to be treated as an S-Corp? Ladies, it's time for us to talk about business entities. Welcome to Her Chic Business, the podcast helping women business owners build bigger bottom lines, reclaim their time, and end entrepreneurial burnout. I'm your lovely tax accountant, enrolled agent, and hostess with the mostest, Seneca Evans. Ladies, it's time for us to talk. Let's get into it. On today's episode, number four of Hershey Business Podcast, I'm spilling the beans and telling the truth about business entities. But first, this episode is brought to you by Innovative Tax Planning, my service that ensures business owners pay the least amount of taxes legally, ethically, and morally possible. It's time to be proactive, be tax ready, and beat Uncle Sam, especially since this is the greatest tax overhaul in 31 years. Visit BeTaxReady.com for more info and to get started. So last week, I did an Ask Me Anything post on my personal Facebook page, and this was one of the questions. What's better, S-Corp or LLC with an S-Corp election? Now, before I get into the nitty gritty, I think you'll be surprised by my answer, by the way. Let's look at the basic entity structures. So the IRS classifies businesses into three main categories, corporations, partnerships, and sole proprietors. Anything else you've heard of is some derivative of one of those three. Yep, even nonprofits. So you're probably thinking, Hold on, Seneca, you forgot about LLCs. Nope, didn't forget. LLCs are not recognized as an entity type by the IRS. It's actually a state level designation, but I'll talk more on that later. So back to the three main types. We have corporations, partnership, and sole proprietor. So first we're gonna talk about sole proprietors, or as I like to call them, sole props. A sole prop is the easiest type of business to set up. Depending on the state you're in, you'd file an assumed name certificate, a fictitious name, or a DBA, which is doing business as a DBA certificate. This allows you to operate as your chosen business name. Now, sole props do not create a separate business entity. Let me say that again. Sole props do not create a separate business entity. You are your business and your business is you. Start disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV. So this is for informational purposes only and cannot be deemed as legal advice. End disclaimer. So if you're someone, if someone were to sue your business and you operate as a sole prop, your personal assets are open to be included. So if you have a a major snafu, let's say, and someone sues you, your house is on the line. Like this is what a sole prop does. But when it comes to taxes, which is my zone of genius, The income and expenses from your business are included and filed with your personal 1040 return via a Schedule C. So you're going to pay self-employment tax on any profits from the business. Now, the self-employment tax rate is 15.3% and is made up of Social Security and Medicare. So you'll need to factor that into your budget. The caveat here is not to confuse you is that you receive an adjustment for half of the calculated self-employment tax on your personal or 1040 return. Now think about when you were an employee. You pay FICA or Social Security and Medicare, however they listed it on your paycheck stub, and your employer matched what you paid. Now, as a self-employed person, you are responsible for both parts, the employer and employee. It's all on you. But the government was nice enough to give you an adjustment of half of the calculated self-employment tax but it looks real funky on your return because you're probably like, I've never seen that. The first page of your 1040 shows it being subtracted from your income as an adjustment. The second page shows a total amount of the tax that's due. So first page gives you the adjustment. Second page gives you that total tax. Okay, so enough about sole props. Let's go on to partnerships. 
So partnerships come in a few different varieties. There's a general partnership, limited partnership, and limited liability partnership. Now I'm keeping it basic on this episode, so I won't take you down the whole partnership rabbit hole. Not today. So what you need to know here is that when two or more people come together with the intent to make money, to have a business, a partnership is formed, which is basically what a general partnership is. Now, of course, with limited partnership and a limited liability partnership, you have to file paperwork with your secretary of state. Again, I'm not going to get all into this on this episode. So warning, have to give you a warning, vocabulary lesson ahead. When it comes to taxes, partnerships are what's called a disregarded entity. And that basically means the business is separate from the person except for when it comes to taxes. So the taxation of the business profits takes place on the owner's personal return. This is commonly referred to as a pass-through entity. I'm sure we've all heard that term before. The profits and losses of the partnership show up on a Schedule E on your personal return. As a partner, you receive a Schedule K-1 from the partnership to file with your personal taxes. So a Schedule K-1 is what a W-2 is to an employee. That shows your portion of the profit or losses in the business. Okay, and as a partnership or a partner in a partnership, you're still gonna pay self-employment tax. The amount the tax is based on, so your tax base, it all depends on the type of partner you are. If you get guaranteed payments, the share of the profit, It all depends on the type of partner that you are. Again, we're not getting all into partnerships today. So now let's get into corporations. So like partnerships, corporations can be classified as either a C-corp or an S-corp. There's different flavors, right? So we just learned what a pass-through entity was with partnerships. So an S-corp is another type of pass-through entity. So I like to explain S-corps as an entity that pulls characteristics from partnerships and from corporations, like a hybrid. Forming an S-Corp requires you to file articles of incorporation with your Secretary of State. So you're going to start off as a C-Corp. So when you go to Secretary of State, you file your article of incorporation. You are a corporation at that point. What you have to do next is you need to tell the IRS you want your business to be treated as an S-Corp. You have to file Form 2553, sign and send that into the IRS. You'll get a letter back. Now this is making your election to be treated as an S-Corp. So the allure of the S-Corp is having the separation of business and personal with none of the double taxation with the C-Corp. So just be sure not to commingle funds. Commingling funds is bad. No mixing business and personal, no dipping into the business account to pay personal bills. Like that's all a no-no. We want to keep it separate. And why it's such a big no-no, not to dive off the deep end, but there's a such thing as a corporate veil. And if you commingle your personal and business, everything together, where there's no true separation, we can't identify that there's two separate entities there. You can do what's called piercing the corporate veil. That's bad because that just means you filing all this paperwork and doing all these things was for not because there was no true separation that was maintained. So now they're one and the same. You might as well be a sole prop at that point. But I digress. Don't commingle. Okay, so now we talked about commingling. S-Corps have a lot more compliance issues to be aware of. Reasonable compensation is a huge one. So you must reasonably compensate yourself as you would if you hire someone to do the same work that you do. Now, this is the part that trips people up. I see it all the time. So S-Corps are seen as a great way to save on the self-employment tax. Let me give you a quick example. Let's say as a sole proprietor, you have a profit of $100,000 in your business. That $100,000 is going to yield a $15,300 self-employment tax. And then you still got to pay your ordinary income tax. Now, if you had an S-Corp and just keep it apples to apples, you had the same $100,000 profit. 
the profit is not going to be subject to self-employment tax because you are an S-corp and because we have this, this pass-through entity. So it sounds like a great plan, right? Like everybody needs to go and hop on the escort bandwagon. So you better believe that if we realize that, the IRS is aware of that and has realized that too. So the IRS is a big stickler for making sure S-corp owners take a reasonable compensation. Reasonable compensation, huge big word. So in my scenario above, it's unrealistic that the owner had $100,000 in profits and doesn't take a salary, like nothing at all, or they only take a real small salary let's say $10,000, that's still considered or can be looked at from a high level as trying to circumvent that self-employment tax. Because even if they had a $10,000 in salary, they're going to pay their taxes as an employee would, an employer would on that $10,000. But they're still saving money because they have $90,000 that's not subject to the self-employment tax. So it's still a way to kind of circumvent the system, right? The IRS is like, nope, you can't do that. So we're going to combat that by doing reasonable compensation audits. That's a big deal. So you want to make sure that you are reasonably compensating yourself. Otherwise, you risk the red flag going off. Okay, so let's get into C-Corps real quick. C-Corps have a really bad rep because of the double taxation. That's the first thing I hear whenever I mention corps or corporations. It's always, oh, I don't want to be double taxed. But an S-Corp is different from a C-Corp. There's no double taxation with the S-Corp. It's only with the C-Corp. And C-Corps are completely separate entities and they actually have a life of their own. There are, of course, a lot more compliance measures that must be met with a C-Corp. C-Corps are your Nike, Facebook, um, Amazon. Those are all your C-Corps, just to give you an example. It makes more sense for those bigger corporations to take advantage of the the things that are there for C-Corps. So C-Corp owners are are either on payroll and or they receive dividends. So there's no self-employment tax on the return because it's being taken care of through payroll. Okay, now LLCs, the good part. So LLCs are also known as a limited liability company, which is a state level designation. So you get this, this LLC designation by filing articles of organization with your secretary of state. Each state has their own application, their own forms, their own fees. So you look at your secretary of state for your specific state. The number of members in this LLC determines how the business is taxed. So a single member LLC has just one member and is considered a disregarded entity. We talked about that earlier. So the IRS doesn't recognize LLCs. Therefore, a single member LLC is taxed as a sole proprietor. So a single member LLC is taxed, treated as the same as a sole prop. If there are two or more members in an LLC, it's now taxed as a partnership. Those are the defaults. You let the IRS know you are a multi-member LLC, they expect to receive a partnership return, Form 1065. If you let the IRS know that you have an LLC and you are the only member, the IRS is looking to see a Schedule C on your personal return since those are the defaults. So when I say default, that automatically makes you or should make you think that there must be other options. So as an LLC, you have the option to be taxed as a corporation and you would just fill out the form and send it into the IRS to make that election. And this is where I see a lot of confusion, like a ton of confusion. When I first met one of my clients, she stressed the point that she was tired of feeling like she had to go get a master's degree in accounting just to run her business. She was like, this is too much for me. It was a total stressor. 
Of course, me being me, I reassured her that no master's degree was needed because I can make everything super simple. One of the issues she had that was stressing her out was understanding LLCs. So I said it again, I'm going to say it now. There's a lot of confusion among business owners and understanding that while the LLC offers limited liability, this limited liability protection, the business taxes are not separate from the personal. So you have an LLC, let's say a single member LLC, the business taxes are not separate from the personal. They're together, no different than a sole prop. Unless, of course, you make the election to be treated otherwise. So the question at the top of the show, what's better, S-Corp or LLC with an S-Corp election? In relation to taxes, it's the same thing. They are both being taxed as an S-Corp. On the state side, you may benefit from reduced fees as an LLC. There may be less formalities when compared to a corp, but again, that depends on the state. So with all thing taxes, I always say it depends because it does. But the question that was asked, what's better? It's the same thing. It's like, what's say, it's like saying, what's better, this red apple or that red apple? There's still red apples. Pick one. But when we dive into it further, then you have to look at what benefits are there on the state level that would make an LLC work for you as the business owner. There is no one size fits all solution. I am totally against that thought process that everybody needs to be an S Corp. Everybody needs to be an LLC. No, everybody does not need to do the same thing. There is not cookie cutter solutions because we're all individuals. We're all different. We all have different goals and objectives. And the same thing with our businesses. Our businesses are not all equal. There are a lot of things that make sense on the surface that are similar, but our ultimate end goals, objectives, et cetera, are different. And that needs to be addressed. So with that being said, it's best to talk with an accountant or an attorney. Scratch that. It's best to talk with an accountant and attorney. You got to get the tax from the accountant and you got to get the legal from the attorney. You need both. So with that being said, head on over to SenecaEvans.com backslash four to read the show notes from today's episode. Check out my resources and get more info about my service, Innovative Tax Planning, which helps business owners like you pay the least amount of taxes legally, ethically, and morally possible. Shoot me an email if you need any help too. Now, go knock this week out the park. Thanks for tuning in to Her Chic Business with me, Seneca Evans. If you enjoyed the episode and want to find out more, please visit SenecaEvans.com. That's S-E-N-I-C-A-E-V-A-N-S.com. Don't forget to like, love, applaud, share, and leave a review. It'll help me help you. Join us next week for another new episode of Her Chic Business. Talk to you soon.